Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Hey everyone, welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. We have a fantastic show lined up for you and we're going to force you to get rid of some brain fog because so many things happen in a span of just 24 hours. I can't remember what I had for breakfast <laughs> most days. So we're going to take you back and help you remember some of the crazy Florida stories you probably forgot happened in Florida. I'm Ginger Gadsden. I can tell you what she has for lunch. That's chili. <laughs> Every single day, right next to my desk, forget. about two feet from where she's sitting right and now. I'm Matt delicious. Austin. Glad to have you. Yeah, this is a list that I love because we got to dive into some stories that we haven't really thought about in a long time. Totally forgotten about them. Some of them, you might even like walk past the area where this happened yeah. and this international story took place. So let's get you started on the famous Florida stories that you forgot happened. Okay, I'm going to start with the ending on this one. A woman is walking out to her garage where her laundry is. That's where she does her, her drying and her washing of her clothes. She goes out and she starts to put some things in the dryer and she hears a hiss. And she oh, her looks dryer's leaking? behind the dryer. And there's a very large, very agitated snake. Turns out his name is Elvis and he was on the lamb for quite a while. And we covered it pretty much every day. We did the snake update on where is Elvis the snake. It took place in Ocoee back in 2015. And it was just, I mean, schools couldn't have recess while this snake, this is a dangerous, venomous, very large king cobra. When Cruz showed up to catch this thing, the woman who was trying to catch it said when it stood up, it was taller than she was. Apparently he was in pretty bad shape when they found him, but he ended up going back well, home. And you know, I started this segment by saying stories you probably forgot had forgotten about i know who didn't forget about the story the lady who found it behind her dryer <laughs> i bet she got out of doing <laughs> washing and drying duties ever since then huh oh she has not had to dry fluff or fold anything since this story happened all right let's get to your next story i was in a newsroom in tampa florida uh the date was february 24th 2010 and we hear something over the scanner about something going on at SeaWorld and you can't ever report scanner traffic because usually the preliminary stuff is not real or right or whatever but the things that we were hearing we knew something was going on I'm talking about Tilikum the killer whale at SeaWorld and that was the day he killed Don Brancho, his trainer, and it was actually during a show. So there were people in the audience during the show that day, and they realized that this whale is not letting this trainer go. And they start ushering people with kids out of the area, and they could not rescue Don Brancho, and she died. And it turns out that Tilikum uh, had done this before. He had attacked and killed before. This was his third time doing that. And, you know, there was a documentary 
produced, I think it was in 2013, called Blackfish, where they explain how killer whales who were kept in captivity have psychological trauma. And it turns out that Tillicum lived uh, in captivity for 33 years. And he wasn't a, a an orca who had been hurt or washed ashore and rescued. He was taken away from his family, his pod, and uh, in Iceland, I believe it was, and then brought in and trained to do shows for different parks and ended up at SeaWorld. And SeaWorld spent a lot of time recovering from the damage it did to, to its reputation. Yeah, some would say they're still recovering from that damage. Yeah. Okay, so many people don't know about this who live in central Florida, but an international story happened right in Winter Park. It's one of the most exclusive zip codes in central Florida if you've ever passed through. Well, there's now this lake there called Lake Rose, and it Ooh, looks like a pretty. serene, oh, it's just a serene little wonderful place. But back 40 years ago in 1981, that lake was the scene of a huge sinkhole. I'm talking 350 foot wide. By the time it fully expanded, 75 feet deep. This thing ate a piece of a Porsche dealership and a woman's <laughs> house was teetering in and eventually fell into that sinkhole. I mean, just a crazy situation that happened. Fortunately, no one was hurt in this, incredibly, but just the sheer size of it is wild. So they ended up filling the bottom of it with dirt and cement and then filled it with water. And guess what, Gigi? Now it is prime lakefront property. Lake property. And you would never know <laughs> that that was a giant sinkhole that was eating Porsches. And this was fascinating to me. Okay. So Porsche dealership, five Porsches ended up inside now what is called Lake Rose. They got three of them out. So if you want yourself a Porsche, all right, I got an idea for it. If you want to get down in there about 75 idea. feet a bad idea. and you have access to a crane and some heavy equipment, maybe you can get yourself an old rusted out porch. But that is a wild story. And people don't know living in Florida, if you live on a lake, there is a very good chance that lake was at one time a sinkhole. <laughs> So we all know where we were and can remember September 11th, 2001, right? You remember so many things about it, and it has uh, so many Florida connections. Actually, the president at the time, George Bush, was in Sarasota, Florida, reading to a group of elementary students when he learned our country was attacked and had to be scrambled into the air and taken to safety, right? So the other connection that happened is that the mastermind, the so-called mastermind behind 9-11, Osama bin Laden, we all know and are familiar with that name. He has 54 siblings, 54. What do you think the odds of odds are that one of his brothers or sibling would have a house in Florida? 100%. Khalil bin Laden in 1980 purchased a house in Oakland, Florida, and that is a beautiful area. Purchased a house 1980 as a gift for his wife, $1.6 million. And that house has been empty, I believe, ever since. I think I've driven past it because I know people in that community and I never knew 
that this is where that house was. And it is, I call it a house. It's a mansion, actually. It's, and it's abandoned, I believe, to this day. But just stunning that a bin Laden would have a home right next door. Okay, this one's got it all. I'm talking lust, love, pepper spray, and a very infamous diaper. We're talking astronaut diaper. Let's bring it back right now. Back in the day, Lisa Nowak drove from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida. This woman was an astronaut. I'm talking had been into space. She had a torrid affair with another astronaut who was in Florida at the time. They were both married. They both then broke up and separated. And then that astronaut who was in Florida, he started exploring another woman's asteroid belt. And so Lisa Nowak took the 900-mile drive from Houston all the way to Orlando, Florida, where she found out that woman was flying in. She followed her in this weird wig and this whole costume that she had planned out got on the airport shuttle with her followed her to her car asked her for a ride and the lady was like no she pepper sprays her the lady gets in her car takes off of course they catch lisa nowak and they find all of this crazy stuff in her car including diapers and that became the talk of the town this astronaut <laughs> they said it was reported and this is supposedly not, not true, true, according to her lawyer, that there were just diapers in the car, but it was reported that she didn't want to take a bathroom break, so she slapped on a diaper and drove 900 miles without a bathroom break. But, Ginger, I was studying up on her, like, man, what, what is this lady's background? This woman was very accomplished, and, man, what a story it was, but I haven't thought about it in a very long time. Uh, you know what I want to say about that whole love triangle thing? It's, see, astronauts, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those where, you know, we may have forgotten, but the people involved, the woman attacked, mm -hmm. Lisa Nowak, they and the guy, we, you know, they have not forgotten. They, they would like to forget and they would like for all of us to forget it too. But Coming up, one story you won't forget, how house pets are tapping into their wild side. Hey there, and welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate. Ginger is ecstatic about this week's interview, and frankly, so am I. This episode sponsored by another crazy idea by Ginger Gadsden. I was shocked when she said she was going to do this, and then she did with her dog. And it's just a little, frankly, some people are going to think this is a little crazy, Gigi. Matt, I went wild. That's all I want to say. I went wild and I loved it and I'm going to do it again and again and again. I'm so glad that you thought this was a cool idea because you know how I love animals and you know how I love to do th different things and try out different things with my animals. So I have a sheepadoodle. His name is Finn. Every morning when I wake up to get my coffee, Finn herds me. And by herding me, I mean, he like nudges me with his nose to the kitchen, to the bathroom, everywhere. He's just nudging. And I'm like, this dog is hurting me. And not hurting, but hurting. Yeah. And I found a place where they actually teach your dogs how to do that. They let you come out to their sheep farm 
and they teach the dog how to herd. When I heard this, I'm like, sign us up immediately. So the person who is doing all of this, her name is Natalie Cole, and she is out at Linden Hollow farm out. Hi, Natalie. How are you? You're in St. Cloud, Florida, which is, oh my gosh, I thought where I'm from in South Carolina is God's country, but you're in God's country right now. It is beautiful where you are. Natalie, thank you for being here with us today. Um, first of, of all, we know you guys, it's a sheep farm. How did this come about that someone said, you know what, this would be a great idea to teach our dogs how to herd because that's just what happens naturally on your farm anyway. Yep. So um, for us, it started with Shelties. Uh, we used to show Shetland sheepdogs in confirmation and we wanted to compete with them in herding as well. So my grandma got a few sheep for herself to work her dog and we started from there when I was very little and been going since then. Oh it's my pretty gosh. cool. And I want to say, so if you're just listening to this podcast right now, you hear dogs chirping in the background. <laughs> now, Natalie is on her farm right now in St. Cloud. We're showing some video of a future pro herder. This is Finn Gadsden right now yes. out there on the farm. So Natalie, just as a, an outside person, and Ginger knew I was a skeptic when she first told me she was going to take her her lavish lifestyle sheep a doodle. I mean, this dog, I think, gets booked a massage every week. Like, it's ridiculous how pampered this dog is. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to take my dog out on the farm and he's going to herd some sheep. Does it sound crazy to you when you start to hear this? We're also, by the way, seeing some live shots of uh, the farm out there right now. This is actually herding going on at this moment. So Natalie, do people think you're crazy when they say we're going to take these domesticated dogs and just send them out there and herd? Nope. Um, some of them, you know, they come out here and they act like they were born and bred on a farm. Um, <laughs> it's just hardwired DNA. Uh, so when they say that they have uh, their pup that lives in an apartment and it, they want to bring it out for herding lessons and it, it comes out and does what it's supposed to do, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Okay. So now we saw a video of Finn being trained how to herd. He's only had a couple of lessons. And so you only start him out with a few sheep because you make sure that the sheep aren't hurt and the sheep are safe. And he does a really good job. And you say he's like more confident his second go round. Now we want to see how it's really done because you're out on the farm right now. Can you just kind of let us see what happens when it is done properly by professionals? Right. So this is Leslie and her dog Lotus. Um, right now, Lotus is going to drive some sheep away from her. Uh, Lotus is a bit more advanced. So what Lotus is doing, she's trying to keep all of the sheep gathered and together with Leslie. Um, so back in the day, they used to do this so that they could take the sheep to market or move them to different pastures. So the dog really had to understand how to gather an entire group of sheep gently and bring them to the shepherd. So she's just moving the sheep around a little bit. She did a small outrun there and that's where the dog runs completely out and gathers the sheep. She did a nice lift where she brought the sheep um, very, very gently to her. So okay. now she's just keeping her around them. Th this is amazing. I want to tell you, if you're watching this, this is a live shot of the farm of this dog keeping, what is that, six sheep in the frame of our camera. Just perfectly. <laughs> this dog is hired 
Now, I can't keep three kids in the frame of a picture with my camera phone. And this dog is keeping these sheep perfectly uh, like this. This is how long did it take this dog? This is, can't just be natural instincts here. This is like a lot of skill happening right in front of us. A lot of it is natural instincts. Uh, so when it comes to the border collies, they work uh, quite a bit different than the other breeds. The only breed that can kind of compare to the Border Collie's style of working is the Kelpie. Uh, the, the Border Collie's work a lot with their eye. So if you see, she gets real crouchy and real low. Uh, she's pushing the sheep with her eye. So um, uh, that's Finn right there. He, he's trying to round him up there. Yeah, so he yeah. doesn't, I mean, Finn's doing a great, like I'm impressed, but he looks a little more reckless than our friend. <laughs> If I can say this gently in front of his not mother, not he's graceful. not quite. So when we take, uh, you know, a look at the live shot of the farm, like when we've been seeing that like professional, like we've got like the Michael Jordan of border collies out there uh, rounding up sheep. It is a little bit different. So you're saying it depends on the breed of the dog. So if somebody's sitting out there, they have a sheep, a doodle or a border collie that's basically just sitting in their living room all day watching Netflix with them. Are these dogs like, do they have a yearning to do this? Do they just want to be out there on the farm doing this work? Some dogs do. Some dogs know that uh, they want to herd things and they just haven't experienced the farm life yet. Okay, so I've talked to a lot of people when I tell them that this is what I'm doing with Finn, and I have people, friends who have chihuahuas, who have uh, different kinds Keep of Keep your chihuahua <laughs> off the farm. They're not built for this. Are there, are there any, like, do you have to say, okay, this is not a herding dog? Because I was surprised when you said that poodles were at one point used to herd, and you do actually train one right now. Yes. So... We try not to take non-traditional herding breeds only because they weren't really bred for this. So they don't really have the instinct. It's more just chase and play. And we try to keep our sheep uh, safe and not harassed. So we, you know, we try to take only the breeds that were meant to do this. So yeah. I've got to show some video here uh, of just the pure joy in Finn's face. So uh, yeah. Ginger's husband took some video of Finn out here on this farm while he's herding sheep doing what the good Lord intended him to do. It seems like, look at him. Just, he's just focused, which, and I love Finn is one of my favorite dogs on earth. He is just a joy of a dog. And I, it's hard to find him so focused and so interested in something. Do these dogs just like come alive? Have you heard from any owners who say like, well, I've never seen my dog act like this before. Yes, so we actually use herding um, to build confidence in some dogs. So some, I will have some people come out that say, you know, my dog's a little timid, my dog's a little afraid of people and stuff like that. So a lot of times we'll bring the dogs out here if they were bred for this and we get them on sheep and a totally different dog just comes alive. You know, they're not afraid of things. You know, they come out of their shell. They they learn how to do this and it's something that they love and it keeps their brain busy and it's a good stimulation for them. So it just brings them out of their shell and it builds confidence. So Natalie Cole, Linden Hollow Sheep Farm out in St. Cloud. I feel like a lot of people are going to be giving you a call after this. 
To learn more about Linden Hollow Sheep Farm and how to sign up your dog, just go to ClickOrlando.com and make sure to check out Florida's Fourth Estate every Monday and Friday at 530 right here on News 6 or anytime at News 6+. Plus.